Juan Obreon grasped the central guide bar and stopped his motion through the long tube leading from sleep quarters in the spinning wheel to the isolated work sphere high above the hub. As usual, he had not slept well in the wheel's simulated half-G, waking up with the words, Centrifugal sleep begets Coriolis dreams, playing in his head, defying him to guess their meaning. They still seemed to mock him as he floated in place and peered out at the other components of the deteriorating industrial park, orbiting a choking, warming earth that would soon be able to support only the most obviously practical projects. Of the thirty bunched zero-G spheres, half had been empty since 2010. Four shuttles, abandoned six years later for lack of maintenance, drifted against the glow of early morning in the Pacific. He feared the slow dying of devotion within himself, the loss of his feeling for the work of science, which he had once hoped would liberate him from the mill of power, greed, and survival that sooner or later enslaved most people. Even on the high road of ideals, death still waited along the way. Liberation was beginning to look like an open grave. He pulled up to a viewport, so badly pitted by cosmic dust that it was impossible to see out. He tried to see a chaos pattern in the complex etchings, and was reminded of a letter by a Russian named Tazarov in a math journal, linking chaos and probability theory in a novel but untutored way. There's always a choice to do your best, he insisted to himself. He pushed over to the other side of the tube and watched the regular shuttle dumping its hundred-thousand-pound load of radioactive waste into the last containment sphere. When it was sent on its way into the sun, they would start filling the zero-G work spheres, which were now too old to renovate. He grasped the center bar again and pulled himself forward toward the door to the control room. Get a grip on yourself he told himself as he reached it and pressed his palm to the key plate. We're all good people up here, hard workers, all ten of us. Better times may come. The door lurched ajar, then slid open. He pulled himself inside and tried to seem cheerful as he came up behind the stocky figure of his friend. Malachi Murder turned from the control panel and said, Just about ready to use again. Juan smiled. Malachi floated up, slipped a smoke from the pack in his shirt pocket, and scratched the cigarette on the low ceiling. The tip glowed red against his black skin as he took a drag, then exhaled toward the ventilator intake. I'm quite sure it will work perfectly, he said in his subdued British accent, which made even his most pointed remarks seem understated. Juan recalled again how often he had been reminded that his detector was not relieving the choke below or opening sun space for industrial development. The complaints reminded him of his dead father, who would have said that his son had built a toy with other people's money for his own amusement. Maybe we'll skip a few growing pains if this rig puts us in touch with our alien brethren. The bitter disbelief in his own voice disturbed him.